in this week's parsha, parsha for A. Uh, the Torah talks about in chapter thirteen. The Torah says like this: Kisishma ba'achas irecha. When you will hear in one of your cities, Hashem lokecha noisim lechad that Hashem has given you the shevashon to live there. There are people that came out, people blial, uh, people who are uh, they have a desire, they they serve idol worship. Vidarashto, Vichakarto, Vishaalta Hativ, you will you will you will investigate, you will figure out very well. Vini Emis Nachanadov Nasataiva Zoistikirbacha and it's true that this abomination has been done in your midst. So what should you do with the city? We're talking about a city that uh, that is uh, everybody is Oizabizar, everybody is Ayahuasca. Haketakis Yeshaya should kill everybody in the city. Haihi. The Sihara with the sword, Hakri Moisa destroy it, there's Kola Sheva, everything in it. There's Bento, even the animals. Right? You should take all the spoils, you should gather them in the middle of the city and you should burn them. Raise the whole city to the to the ground. And there will not be in your in your hands. They will not cling on to you from any of this stuff that comes from this city. Right? So the Madyosh of Hashem Macharapo in order that Hashem should become appeased from his anger. Because they have a whole city that's Oidabodizara. So so the Prophet says, the Nasimakharachmim Hashem will give you mercy. Virichamcha and uh, be merciful, be he will he will he will you will you will be merciful and he will increase you Kashanishbalabasakha. Like like he has sworn like um uh, like he has sworn to your forefathers because you have listened to the voice of Hashem to keep his mitzvahs to do that which is straight in the eyes of Hashem your God so this is the din this is the uh, this, these laws have to do with what we call Irani Dachas city that is completely involved in our worship so uh, before we get to our point which uh, the discussion this evening will be about uh, uh, the perspective of, of Torah on uh, animal cruelty. Um, it, uh, it would be remiss if we didn't mention the uh, the Gemara in Sanhedrin on page uh, 71a that it, talks did about this. What? Did it ever happen? Oh, so the Gemara says in Sanhedrin, the Gemara is like this. The Gemara says that uh, um, the Gemara says according to who goes the following opinion, that Irani Dachas is this situation where we're required to kill every single person in the city because they're all idol worshippers, never happened and never will happen. Never was and never will be. Why was it written? The reason why it was written is because in order that we should learn the dinim, the laws of the, of this, of the, that are involved with this situation, and we should receive reward. So according to who this is going to this opinion, it's going according to Rabbi Eliezer. Because Rabbi Eliezer said that if the city has one mezuzah, if in this city there's one mezuzah, right, it cannot become an Yaridah. It's not possible for it to become Yaridah because there's one mezuzah. Everybody can be idol worshippers from beginning to the end. But if there's one mezuzah in the city, it cannot become idol worshippers. Why not? Because the Torah says that you shall take all the spoils, you should put them in the center, and you should burn all the spoils. How could the Torah tell you to burn the mezuzah? Must be that the Torah is telling you to burn all the spoils when there is no mezuzah. So therefore, if there's a mezuzah, right, it could be, that's, the, that's what the Gemara says. However, the Gemara also points out that uh, the Gemara says that Rabbi Yenis says, I saw in Yerani Dachas. 
Rebunitzin argues, he says, I saw it in Yarnidachas and I sat on its mound. You know, after it was destroyed, after it was, all the people were killed, he sat on the mound. So, it seems to be, it's a machlokes, it's a dispute, uh, it's a dispute uh, of Tanoyim, of whether or not there's such a thing as, whatever ever was, Yarnidachas. Okay, you hear? That's what the, that's what the Gemara says. So, the, uh, the point of interest for us this evening in the laws of Yarnidachas is the peculiar statement of the Torah, when the Torah says, If you will kill all the people in the city, Hashem will be no longer angry, and Hashem will give you mercy. Asks Rabbi Nuchayim ben what does that mean that Hashem will give you mercy? What does that mean? Right? So he says like this. He says, that what is the mitzvah uh, in, in, involved in this city? The mitzvah is to kill every single person in this city. Even the animals. Right? Such an action, when a person does such a thing, even if it's a mitzvah, when a person does such a thing, even if it's a mitzvah, there is imbued in such a person uh, a feeling of cruelty and, and being mean, right? It takes, it takes uh, cruel and mean action to be able to kill everybody in this city, including the animals. It's an act of cruelty, even if it's for a mitzvah, right? So therefore, it, and he says, he has an example that he was told by the Ishmaelim, he was told by the Arabs, that uh, they are appointed by the king, right? That are appointed by the king to conduct executions, the executioners. He was told by them, they have a tremendous desire at the moment that they go for the kill. Even though they're doing it the mitzvah even though they're doing it with the command of the king. But when they actually do the execution, it gives them tremendous pleasure. They have a desire. They have they, they have a uh, you know a propensity. They they they're drawn uh, to. They're excited by 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 by, by killing by, by 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 killing the people, even though they're doing it uh, lawfully, right? So why is this? The reason for this is, is because is because when a person commits cruel acts, regardless of whether they're doing it as a result of a mitzvah or not, it doesn't take away the nature of the act. The nature of the act is as such that it creates a cruel nature in the person. Right? Uh, and if that's the case, if a person is involved in such things, so then it becomes cut off from them the uh, capacity to be kind. And the person turns into a meanie, turns into a, into a mean person. Right? Uh, so, so how do you avoid such a thing? How do you avoid such a thing? The Torah tells us that we should commit, so to speak, a quote-unquote a genocide on this city to kill everybody in it, including the animals. How does the Torah expect us to walk out out of this, out of this situation unscathed? How does the Torah expect us to remain uh, functional Jews uh, after, after committing such an act? So the Torah knows that we're going to have such a question. And therefore the Torah says, says the Rechaim HaKadosh, right, you will do this, you will burn everything, and Hashem will be appeased from His anger. And Hashem will give you mercy. 
What does it mean Hashem will give you mercy? He says the Rechaim. Hashem promises in the Pasha. Even though you're committing an act that will create a nature of being cruel, the source of mercy, the source of kindness, will give you the capacity and the force to be, uh, to be kind despite the, 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 the actions that He requires you to do. So there will be a supernatural occurrence with this mitzvah that even though you will commit a wholesale execution of an entire city, still, that will not make you into a cruel person. Here, that's what the, uh, that's what the, uh, Derek Heimacher says. And he adds something very interesting. He says, that we all know, the, 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 the Mishnah tells us in Tractate Sota that Hashem pays me the Kineget Mida. Measure for measure. Whatever a person does, so Hashem, uh, Hashem pays, Hashem pays the Mida Kineget Mida, pays measure for measure, whatever they do. Right? That's the, uh, what goes around comes around. You put in a quarter, a quarter comes out. If a person is merciful, Hashem will be merciful with them. If a person is forgiving, Hashem will be forgiving with them. If a person is cruel and mean, Hashem will be mean to them also. So says the uh, says the Orachayim, uh, if a person fulfills this mitzvah of destroying the whole Irani Dachas, then the natural is they become cruel. And if they become cruel, what has to be the me that can give me? What has to be the measure for measure? That Hashem also acts with them with cruelty. Ah, but they're making a mitzvah. Says the Rechaim, because it doesn't matter the fact that they're doing a mitzvah. Bottom line is, person is a cruel person. So therefore Hashem has to act with them cruel, because the rule is me that can give me the measure for measure. Therefore Hashem has to make sure that we don't become cruel, even though in a supernatural matter. So that, when it comes to judge us, we will be judged in a merciful way. Because we need to be merciful in order to have a merciful judgment. Yeah? That's what he says. Then he finishes off to say that you might think that since you killed out an entire city, so that's going to diminish the population, right? And it's going to be a problem. Uh, diminish the population of the, uh, of the entire Jewish people. It's uh, going to be a, um, a dent. In the, uh, in the overall society. So therefore the Torah continues says, the Hebrew Hashem will, will increase your numbers. Like He promised your forefathers, like He promised, like He promised them, that He will, uh, that He will, the numbers will, will, will still stay the same. So you have to worry about it. So therefore you, you see this here, that the Torah is interested, the Torah is interested in us being kind people. That's what the Torah is That's what the Torah cares about. And so therefore, even in the face of this difficult mitzvah of Irani Dachas, uh, even in the face of this mitzvah of Irani Dachas, we are, uh, we, we are protected from, uh, from, from, from this pitfall of becoming a cruel person. What? Whoever carries it out, the bezin carries it out. The shluchim of the bezin, the messengers of the bezin. Uh, this is a lesson in life in general. You know, like if we have if we have a, a choice of a, of a career or what to do with ourselves um, during the day. You know, or how we should spend our time. Obviously, if we spend our time helping people, then it'll be natural that we will become much more of a, a kind, 
oriented chesed people. And if we spend our time, um, I don't know, in front of a computer, not relating to anybody at all whatsoever, you know, uh, so then uh, we're not going to have the same sensitivity towards the needs of others. So when we choose a career, or we choose uh, how we should uh, spend our day, right, it's important to, 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 to keep that in mind, that whatever we do every day is what, how we build ourselves and how we change. Here's the Rabbi Anderson. Yes? Okay. Fine. So this is what, uh, this is the lesson from this Pasha. And the truth is, the truth is, this is the, uh, this is the character of the Jewish people, as we know. The Talmud tells us in Tractate Yomus, uh, on page 79, the Talmud tells us that there are three characteristics of the Jewish people. They are, right, there are three signs of, of a Jew. They are, Rachmanim, merciful people. Vaishanim, they're literally embarrassed or uh, shy. The Gwendolyn Chasadim, and they do, and they do, uh, they do mercy. And how do we know that the, the Jewish people are merciful? Same Pasuk. The Gemara quotes the same Pasuk. The Nosim HaKarachim, Hashem will give you, will give you mercy, V'Rachamecha. I don't think the Gemara is learning like the Orachim HaKadosh, but the Gemara is saying that from this Pasuk, from this source, shows that the Jewish people are merciful people. Anyway, so that's, that's the character. It's so much so, but the, 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 there's a ramification of the halacha. Uh, about this, that a, a Jewish person is defined as being a person who is uh, who, who, who is who is kind. The ramification of Allah appears in uh, in two places. Amongst them is uh, in the, in the, the Rambam. The Rambam in the uh, section of Kedusha in the laws of Yisurudiyah, in chapter uh, um, in chapter. Uh, it's in two places, but in chapter 19, uh, law number 17, he says. Every single family that says that they're Jewish, I don't know if this is applicable today, but every single family that, is, that they're Jewish are the Cheskas Kashas. They are a legitimate, legitimate uh, Jewish family. Right? Uh, however, says the Rambam, if you see two families that fight with each other continually, right, uh, they're, they're, they're uh, quarrelsome, or you see a person who is ex- uh, tremendously uh, also quarrelsome, and he's uh, brazen-faced, more than more than natural, it's, uh, it's 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 befitting to stay away from such a person, not to get involved with such a family, because it's uh, these are simani apostles. This is one of the signs of that questions that questions the person's lineage, because a Jewish person by nature is somebody who is not cruel, somebody who is kind. So therefore, if you see uh, if you see uh, such a person, uh, there's a question as to their. Uh, Legitimacy. That's what the Rambam says. Uh, he repeats himself uh, in, in, in a similar fashion in chapter 12, number 24 of uh, also Yisurim. Fine. So being this the case, being this the case, we uh, we come to the topic of, uh, of, of of our discussion this evening, and that is in, in Parshas Kisete, the, the, the Torah tell, gives us the mitzvah of Shiluah Hakan. In Parshas Kisete, the Torah says that there's a mitzvah that if one sees um, a mother bird with the eggs, and one wants to take the eggs. So one, what has to do is one has to send away the uh, the mother bird before one takes the eggs. Right? That's the uh, that's the mitzvah. So um, the Ramban here comments. He says, "What's the what's the reasoning behind this mitzvah? What's the purpose? Why do we have such a mitzvah that there's a mitzvah to send away the mother bird before uh, before taking the eggs?" 
says the Ramban that this is the same mitzvah as also the Espino. There's also another mitzvah that one is not allowed to shed. One is not allowed to slaughter an animal and uh, and its, 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 its child, its calf, a cow and its calf on the same day. So the Ramban says it's the same mitzvah. What's the mitzvah? Right? That the reason is is because the Torah wants that we should not have a mean heart and not have mercy on others the Torah wants us to have mercy so well, yes, it does. It does make a difference. It does. One thing, it does make a difference if I project my own feelings because we're not 100% sure what the bird. We'll see in the Rambam in a second. We're not 100% sure what the bird uh, thinks or feels or uh, you know knows. But if we project our own feelings. If we project our own feelings, so, uh, so, 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 so then we are consciously being merciful, regardless of whether the bird feels the mercy or not. We're training ourselves to be sensitive to, to others, and we don't know. You know, like, the, for example, the rush. The, 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 I don't remember exactly where, where, where it is, but the, um, the, um, he, he said, I think the rush says, he writes, that if somebody asks, if, if somebody asks us for money, Right, in the Seva called the La Rosh. If somebody asks us for money, we should always give, even if it's a penny. Even if we think that the person, you know, is a question whether or not the person deserves the money or not, we should always give. Just give even a penny, right? Even whatever it may be, five cents, twenty cents. We should always train ourselves to 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 to, to uh, take our, to, you know, to always have our pockets open, always be a giving heart. If we constantly give, if we close our, if we don't give, when we think that person is not legitimate, if we don't give, so then when it is legitimate, it will be difficult for us to give, because we won't train ourselves in being kind. So, so this is the same thing, right? So it doesn't matter, uh, it does matter, but uh, as far as ourselves are concerned, says Ramban, Hashem wants us to have a kind heart. He doesn't want us to be essentially mean people. But I heard that people deliberately do that mitzvah, like they set up an Israel or something, to deliberately do that mitzvah, not, not just because you came across it, but to set up a situation where they'll take the person doing it and they'll send away. And to me, that seems like you're more concerned about getting the mitzvah than about... Oh, fine, okay, listen, life is complicated. Life is complicated, it's true. There are, there are, there are, there are, there are charlatans that will take advantage no, it's true. It, it's true. So they want to take advantage. So it, listen, Rebbetzin Bela. If I would be taken advantage of, Rebbetzin Bela. If I would be taken advantage of in this way, so good. Okay, I'm happy to be taken advantage of in this way. You know, sometimes, sometimes when you're a kind person, sometimes it's kedai. You know, just. Fine. They want to have it that way. Let them have it that way. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna match their. Uh, I'm not saying that you should give them a million dollars, but the key to him should be open. Fine, but I'm not getting the thing with the bird. Right, you're not getting the thing with the bird. Okay, fine. The same thing. The, the same thing with the with the with the can't you can't shut the calf and the and the mother at the same day because it is a little bit lacking in the, in the mercy. You let them let the mother see or whatever it may be, right? So then it's uh. 
What do you want to say, Menachem? I was just say that even if the person is running the Kanyin, it doesn't matter. Your object is just to do the mitzvah. That's all you have to know. If the person is taking you, it will but be... But you're doing the mitzvah, not because yeah, I'm not you want the end. I'm not done. Oh, oh you're saying that the person... The premise is... The person who... The, way, the, the reason that it's put in in the first place, because there was a time when everybody goes in the wild, when it was natural to take eggs, they may, that may have been all you had to do. Yeah, yeah, I understand But to deliberately put yourself in a position where you are going to go to a place where you just didn't have to buy, you don't really need those eggs, but because you want to describe the mitzvah, in the meantime, you're going to create... Yeah. Okay, we're, we're, we're not discussing this mitzvah in detail. We're giving the reasoning behind why okay, the Torah gives the The reasoning behind why the Torah gives the mitzvah is because there's an overall general concern that the Torah wants us to be... Uh, the Torah wants us to be kind people. I'm making this connection... The reason I'm making it where... This is Parshas Kisese. I'm making this connection. I am saying that this is directly connected. Kindness to animals, in the expression of the Ramban, of his explanation of the mitzvah of Shiloh Hakan, is directly related to the mitzvah of Diranidachas. The Torah ensures that by Iranidachas, even though we're committing a cruel act, the Torah makes sure that we're going to be merciful. But there's other situations which are in place. Right, and that is is that when it, when it, in other areas of our life, yeah, and one of them is having being uh, being concerned and sensitive to animals, even if it may be in our perception. Right. So now the Rambam quotes the morning book, and the Rambam the Ramban quotes the guys of Replex, and the, the the Rambam says this is a side issue. The Rambam says something very interesting, but it's it's, it's a side issue. The Rambam says in his explanation of why we do this mitzvah, says the Rambam. He says like this, it is in order that we should not check the, the son in the eyes of the mother. Because when an animal sees this, it is worried. When it comes to a mother, there is no difference between a mother being worried about her children regardless of whether she's an animal or she's a person. The Avasaim because the love of the mother Vikanusa and her and her and her her chain, her, her, her grace of Ne Bitna to the children of her womb. And then it is not due because of her intellectual capacity. Vadibur or her speech. It is because of her the, the the action of the of the capacity of her thought, of her imagination. is that it's found in animals also. Like it is found in a person. Thus the Rabbah. That, that the reason why we can't take the mother together with the children is because that will create an actuality in the bird. Stress that is unnecessary. And the Torah does not want that to be. The Torah does not want... Right, so the Ramban, the Ramban is looking from our perspective. He wants... The Torah wants us to be kind. The Rambam is looking from the animal's perspective. The Torah does not allow us to be mean to the animal because the animal actually... Right, uh, uh, the motherhood says of the Rambam. Right, you heard it here first. Motherhood, uh, mo- mo- motherhood is universal. Right, it is, it is, it is uh, across the board to everyone. Sight animals, birds, and and 
people. Same feelings, same worry, same stress uh, that a mother feels, a mother feels regardless of what kind of mother she is. Okay? That's the concern. Okay, fine, whatever it is, that's what the Ramban says, that the Torah does not want us to be cruel because the Torah wants us to be kind, and that it goes also with uh, animals. So having, to, having said that, right, the question that we are about to ask, uh, the answer to which will be uh, obvious, but we'll ask the question because that's the topic of our class. The um, Rabbi Avadi Yosef, thank you, Rabbi Avadi Yosef was asked uh, the question, this is in the, his uh, response to um volume 3, number 67. Uh, no, I'm sorry, not number, six, number 66. He was asked the following question. He was asked, is it permissible to attend a, uh, a bullfight? Is it permissible to attend a bullfight? So, you know, when I was in Mexico uh, a little while back, um, I had a driver who drove me around, and uh, I saw a stadium. And I asked him, you know, is this the uh, the local uh, is this the local uh, baseball uh, stadium? He said, no, this is the uh, the bullfight stadium. You know, there's bullfights here all the time, and uh, the hospital happened to be across the street. So I said to him, you know, uh, is there is that by accident that the hospital is across the street or not? So you know, he didn't know the answer to that question, but uh, maybe not. Whatever it is. So the question is, if you happen to be in Mexico on a mission or just on vacation and you come by the uh, the stadium can you uh, can you attend the bullfight for a couple of places I, I'm going to throw in my two cents because it, it yeah. really uh, has to do with this and then uh, anyone who doesn't know about these things I have a little knowledge in this area in Mexico it's almost unheard of that they kill the bull in Spain they normally do kill the bull I just wanted to throw in Oh yeah, okay. They that can. makes any difference. In your so they don't. Uh, so you're aware of it. It does make a difference because what what do they do with the bulls? They don't kill it in Mexico. What do they do with they it? They just worry it. They, they just not, they don't yeah, stab it. It's it's more just for show. Okay, well I don't know. Yeah, killing, I don't know how it happens. Killing the animals. We'll, we'll see that this depends on how it happens. But even in that case, even in that case, it's gonna it's it's not gonna make and a difference. In Spain, they kill the animal and then they have the, the medical reserves afterwards needed. Right. So okay. So this, is, so this is the question: Is it permissible to go? Is it permissible to go and watch this and pay, pay the money to go and see? It? So, so the the Rabbi says the first line he says in his in this response is he says that this thing is against it's benigud gomer leruach tarasein akidosha. This is uh, directly diametrically opposed to the spirit of our holy Torah. Right, uh, this is this is something. This is a uh, uh, something which is an involvement of people who sin and people who are mean. Right, and he quotes the Gemara Yivamis that we said that uh, Jewish people are not mean; they're kind. Right, so this is against. This is uh, not w- 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 within their character to participate in such a in such an endeavor. Uh, says the um, says the uh, the Yichavadas. Um, he says and also. Uh, the Gemara says in uh, Tractate Bab Mitzvah, on page 31. Uh, the Gemara says that um, 31 and 32. The Gemara says um, in its analysis of the pasuk and parshas mishpatim. The Gemara says that to inflict pain upon animals, sabal echayim, is prohibited by the Torah, because the Torah says that if you parshas uh, mishpatim, the Torah says if you see an animal that is uh, collapsed under its burden, so you have to help the, the owner. 
to, uh, to, to unload the, the burden because uh, it's a mystery. You see, the Torah is concerned with Sar Bali Chaim. We learned the Tarshis Mishpatim, tracted by Messiah, page 31 and uh, 32. Right. So now he says this is a very interesting law. Uh, which is uh, which we can look into it's like this the law is found and this is based upon the Gemara which he quotes right extensively the law is found in the laws of Shabbos in the laws of Shabbos in the in the Simon uh, Shinhei 305 number 19 the Mechaber the Yogesh of Karas is like this an animal that has fallen into water an animal that still fell into, into water and it can't get out if the water is deep and therefore, you cannot feed the animal in such a case, right, uh, in its place. So one is allowed to bring pillows and blankets and to put it underneath the, uh, the, uh, the legs of the animal in order because it's going to suffer if it doesn't have food. So in order that it should be able to climb on the, uh, on the pillows and blankets and... And, uh, and, and and come out. Right, so what's the, what's the issue? Even though this is a prohibition, says the, uh, the Mohammed. So there's a rabbinical prohibition that if, one, if, if, a, if a vessel is not mukta on Shabbos, if it's not mukta, in other words, one is allowed to use it, it's not something which is, a prohibit, which is prohibited to use, such as a pen or a flashlight or a phone, right? One is not allowed to use these things on Shabbos because they're mukta. But it's something which is not mukta, for example, a blanket or a pillow is not mukta, one is allowed to use it because it has use, uh, one can uh, cover oneself with it and one can uh, lie down on top of it, it's a pillow, right? So, so this is permissible. It is prohibited, according to the rabbis, to make the pillow mukta or prohibited to use on Shabbos because of Sosa, because of destruction. One is not allowed to destroy something on Shabbos, one of the 39 categories of work. And if one takes a vessel which is perfectly usable and makes it not usable by making it prohibited to use, one is not allowed to... Uh, one is not allowed to do that. It's called Mivato Kli Mehechonai. One has uh, nullified the usage of the vessel that it was prepared for before Shabbat. So therefore, if one takes the uh, animals on Mokta, one is not allowed to carry animals. So if one takes a pillow and puts it underneath the animal's foot, automatically now the pillow cannot be used the rest of Shabbat. Right? Uh, and also it cannot be used because it's wet and gets ruined. can't be used. So that's prohibited to do on Shabbat. One is not allowed to place pillows underneath uh, underneath animals. However, right, that's a rabbinical prohibition. However, says the Mechaber, the rabbis suspended the rabbinical prohibition of, uh, of, 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 of doing this, of taking this pillow and putting it underneath the animal because the animal is going to suffer. Because since it's a mitzvah daraisa, since it's a Torah mitzvah, to make sure that animals don't suffer, therefore, for the purpose of the Torah mitzvah, the rabbinical uh, prohibition was suspended for this case. So you see that the rabbis are so concerned for the mitzvah, the Torah mitzvah of not inflicting pain upon animals, of being kind and merciful to animals, even there are instances where we suspend the rabbinical prohibition of the Mavata Klimei
So you're saying you're not allowed to pull an animal out of the water? Uh, well, uh, so, are you allowed to put the animal out of the water? We didn't say that. We didn't ask Are you allowed to pull the animal out of the water? Are you allowed to pull the animal out of the water? So, so now, the, you know, once we're, uh, once we're at it, I'm sure that Ezra was also pining to know the answer. Once we're at it, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna give the answer, right? So the Mishnah Brewer says in the number seven, he says, "Cotton eye," and he says, "However, to pull out the animal with one's hands, you know, to take, let's say, the dog, whatever it is, and it's stuck, uh, one is not allowed to do that because animals are muktzah. One is not allowed to pick up animals and carry them because they are muktzah, right? Uh, it's prohibited under under any circumstances, and even though the animal is going to suffer, right? That's uh, that's what the Mishnah Brewer says. However. The area. Well, what? Well, that's the purpose why we learn Torah. Right? Harry thinks that Floyd is his grandson. Okay, so the 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 you know the this this is the this is the law. This is uh, one's not allowed to pick on it. They're muktzah. Yeah. Oh, so so this is this is the opinion of the Morgan Avram, and it's for sure that they hold that this is uh, this is clear from the Rabbim. However, the El Yerabba holds that there are post-cam that say that it is permissible to take the animal out with your hands. Or the animal is in danger. Someone is in danger. To take it out with your hands to save it, if it's not possible to put the pillows on there. And I was like, yes, you have to assess the situation. You have to use your uh, Right? If you can aid, get the animal out from uh, the situation which it's in uh, without having to pick it up, uh, you can put pillows underneath it, or uh, the mission bureau says it doesn't have to be pillows. It could be whatever it is, anything, right? That will help it uh, walk on top of the, on top and, and come out. Then that's better. If you can't do that, then you're allowed to carry it out. However, right, says the mission bureau, it's obviously better to ask a non-Jew. It's better to ask a non-Jew um, to pull out the animal if possible, and that's even better than putting pillows and blankets underneath because they're putting blankets in there. There is a rabbinical prohibition. If you get somebody not Jewish and ask them to save the animal for you, that's better. If there is no there are no pillows and there is nobody not Jewish, then one can, according to the El Yerabba, one is allowed to pull out the animal themselves. No, we have a different set of. No, it's not a chilat shaft. It's not a chilat shaft. It's not a chilat shaft. That's the point. The point is that. No, I know that. As you're asking if it's a as if you're asking if it's a chilashem for the ass to go to do it because you cannot do it, right? It's not a chilashem. It's just a better. It's it, the the, the uh, we have a different set of sets of laws, and our laws uh, are, are pre- preface that uh, somebody else should do it. You know. No, you explain to him afterwards. After the, you know, it's never good to explain. Uh, like Hazal say, you never should try, try to be somebody during time of anger. So when, uh, you know, when the world is, is, is falling apart, it's never good to explain anything. So after the world finishes falling apart and all the smoke clears, then you could say that I would have saved the animal myself, but, uh, right, uh, because we have to be merciful to animals, I would have saved the animal myself. However, you know, the preference is, is that if I don't have to do it, it's better not. But of course I wouldn't let the animal uh, die or suffer, uh, but uh, the option is that the way it goes is it's better not. So it's not a Shilashem, you know, that's, that's the way it goes. Right, that's as his question. Yeah, well, that's right. so probably the, the minority. It's probably more likely that if you're a farmer and you've got livestock and you're, and you're religious too, 
that your non-Jewish neighbors know you and know what you are. It's more, it, 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 practically speaking, it's more likely to, to be in a situation where they know something about what you're doing. Okay, well, okay. that situation, yeah, so, but what, I, what I'm talking about is, in, like, what I spend time in that house. You, you see some of the stuff when you spend time in a religious uh, it comes up. Okay, fine. So that's the that's the we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna stop in the middle of the Rebbevad Yosef in the middle of the responsa because we see where it's going, right? Uh, the the cat is out of the bag, no pun intended, right? Uh, we see where where Rebbevad Yosef is going. We're gonna suspend that to go to Shuvah uh, Miyava. Um, apparently, Shuvah Miyava is the responsa uh, from a rov in uh, in uh, in Prague. So the Chuvan Yava had a, a, a terrible question that he had to deal with uh, Mamisha, um, an awful situation, uh, Lo should never have to happen to us, right? And he's, the question he was asked by his student to answer immediately, as soon as possible, is, is that he, there was a woman, apparently, that gave birth to uh, a child that didn't have any semblance of a human being. It did not look human at all. Uh, its facial appearance was... Um, was animal-like uh, and uh, it was uh, not functional and perhaps maybe it was even not going to survive either. Uh, and the question was from the student is whether or not they can arrange to basically pull the plug, whether they can arrange to uh, uh, have the uh, child, uh, uh, this, 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 this grossly deformed uh, child, uh, start to death, uh, whatever it is, not take care of it, make sure that the uh, situation ends as quickly as possible because that's uh, the direction that it was going in anyway. So this is the question that, uh, that the Chuvah Miyava was asked, and uh, his answer basically was, what? What? No, this was talking, we're talking now, now we're in a hospital. Now we're in a hospital, terrible situation, somebody was born that is uh, grossly deformed, is not going to survive, and the question is whether we can end the suffering and the pain and the anxiety from the parents' perspective and everything else. Shalom. Right, whether you can DNR, exactly. Do not resuscitate, uh, uh, whatever you need to do, well, starve it. Well, that's not even a question. Right. That's, not even a, that's not a question. You whether whether you can or cannot. Wait, the order today, the order, t- no, that's not true. I thought that was... No, no, that's not true. You can't start... Not true. Okay. Not true. First of all, you have to know what the DNR means before you say, so don't sign any DNRs, please call your local authority. Not true. Can I ask what this is, Ronnie said from... When was this? 1800s. Sorry, around 1800s. So he was asked this question, and his answer was, absolutely not. His answer was, absolutely not. You cannot uh, cause the death of this, of this being, of this human being. It's awesome. It's prohibited. And he says that, uh, he says uh, like this, he says like this, uh, this is part of his words. He says, A person should not uh, involve themselves in any cause of death. And the God of the spirits, he will do what he needs to do. He'll take care of this. You don't touch it. This was his basic answer. And he said that, uh, very interesting, he said like this, he says, that uh, the Yerushalmi in Brochos asks, why did Hashem uh, create uh, bugs? Why did Hashem create Shkotsev Ramatim, you know, those things that crawl? Uh, Ezra has that question about the scorpions. Why did, why did Hashem create scorpions? My wife has that question about spiders and uh, jukes or whatever it is. Right? Uh, we have a big kasha. We live our lives with a kasha, with a question. Why did Hashem create uh, insects? So the Yerushalmi has the same question. Yerushalmi in Brochos. 
But the Yusami said the reason why they were created pretty much for no reason. But the Yusami said this that uh, whenever people sin, whenever people sin, Hashem looks at the bugs and He says, if I'm keeping these things alive and there's no reason to keep them alive, certainly the people who sin, I should keep them alive also. So the answer to the question is, there is no reason for them to live. Right? There's no reason for them to live, to live at all. Uh, so therefore, right, uh, says the Chulun Yava, that uh, it's none of your business. Uh, you're not going to make a decision on whether something has reason to live or not to live. Right? You can't, you can't, uh, fine. That's what he says. Now he, he says like this, he says that even if you're going to say, right, uh, even if you're going to say, um, even if you're going to say that, uh, you know, okay, fine, let's say this is not a human being, this deformed uh, entity that the woman gave birth to is not a human being. Yeah, so, so let's say it's not a human being. Right? Uh, there's an halacha in the, in the Shulchan Arach, uh, that, uh, that when somebody gets something new, when they, uh, when they, uh, in the Simon Reis Chavzimo, the Ramon says this in, uh, in, in Or Chaim, uh, 223, that if somebody gets something new, see, there's a bracha that we give them. So there's a Ramon, the bracha that we give them, this is in the, in the name of the Mariev, the bracha that we give them is Tibolevit is Chadish. You should use it, you should use it out and get a new one. Right? So, says the Ramon, that this is not applicable, we don't give such a bracha when somebody gets a leather shoes or clothing. Because essentially what you're doing is you're saying, is that uh, you should use them up and get a new one means that there's an an another animal should be killed uh, another animal should be killed so that you should get new shoes so even though this reasoning is weak says there are more nonetheless some have this custom they don't say when somebody gets new uh, uh, you get your new leather pants I'm sorry I'm not going to give you that box okay so that's the uh, what? leather pants um not sure but okay fine Right, so this is the uh, this is the reason why this is the custom that people have, right? Uh, so he says that uh, if you don't even say that, right? So 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 uh, what, what are you going to do? You're going to cause this this creature, this this being that's deformed. You're going to cause it to die. It's reputed. They say about the Arizal, says the Chulam Miyava. They say about the Arizal that the Arizal never killed anything in his life, even rice. He never killed a, uh, any any being whatsoever, right? Uh, so therefore, before therefore, that uh, that you should do this. This is considered murder. If you if you cause the death of this child, it is considered murder. So you see here, right? Uh, further examples of how uh, how we have sensitivity to uh, to uh, we have sensitivity to animals. Rabbi, I was listening to uh, to a talk by Rabbi Becher about uh, about shechita. It's called Pita versus shechita. So uh, you know, people for the ethical treatment of uh, of, of animals versus shechita. What? Right. Or people, people, as he as he said, people eating tasty animals. Fine. No, this is just uh, just a joke, right? So he he said that that you know there is a, there is a. There, there is a place where there's a law that if you buy something that's made out of animal or material, so it has to state on the label exactly how the animal was killed. 
uh, in order to in order to produce this this mink or whatever it is, the fur coat, whatever it is. Right. So this is he said this is similar to this halacha. Is that when somebody gets a leather uh, leather coat, you don't say uh, get a new one because then uh, then uh, you know we're we're basically giving a bracha that one should uh, one should kill that another animal should be killed for this purpose. Okay, that's uh that's what the Chuva Miyaba says. Back to our originally scheduled program. Right, so the the um the Yachavidas the Yachavidas uh marshals uh many sources to uh to, to say that uh, of course this is prohibited. One of them is is from last week's Pasha. We know that it says like this. We say oh no, I'm sorry, we say in the Shema, we say even Asati Asa to Swat Khul I will give grass in your field to your animals and then it says and you shall eat and be satisfied so the Gemara in Tractate Brokos on page 40a asks why is it that the Torah says I will give grass to your animals in the field and then it says you shall eat and you'll be satisfied right so the reason why the Torah puts it in that order is because the thing is is that if a person has to feed themselves and feed their animals the animals come first the animals should be fed first therefore the Torah listed that I will give you grass to feed the animals and then Right, you then you eat and you'll. Uh, uh, another example is he says. Another example is he says is like this: is that the Gemara says the famous story with uh, Rabbi Akiva, uh, Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi. That Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi suffered uh, tremendous pain. Not sure, maybe it was gallstones. I'm not sure what the pain was. And try to see on page uh, 85. So the, the Talmud, the, the Talmud there says, in Shaykh Abba that, uh, that, the, that the, there was a goat that was supposed to be brought for slaughter, came in front of Rabbi Yudha Nasi, in front of, in front of uh, um, Rabbi Yudha Nasi, and he said, and the goat said to him something like, uh, you know, I'm going to be shafted. I'm going to be shafted, I'm going to be slaughtered, so what should I do? So Rabbi Yudha Nasi said, go and be shafted because this is what you were created for. Right? So uh, the Gemara reports that as soon as he said that, he had uh, he got this he contracted this disease, the stomach disease, because he wasn't kind to the animal. So even though it's the purpose of the animal to be shafted, to be slaughtered, but at the same time he should have shown some sensitivity instead of saying go because Lokasma tells that's why you created. But at the same time the Yumar says that at the same time when his maid was sweeping the house and there was uh, animals in the house, there were moles in the house and she wanted to sweep them with a broom, he said, Don't don't touch them, leave them alone. Because it says, we say in Ashraf, Hashem's mercy is on all his creations. So when he said that, then the, uh, his, uh, his pain, his disease went away. I would imagine that somebody like him would know if he had to talk to goats to make a lot of money. Kids is more than if he gets He's not the only one who had talking, talking animals, uh, you know. Well, Bilaam. Bilaam uh, failed to take advantage of that situation also. Fine. Anyway, so this is what this is what he says, right? Uh, then he says that um, that the uh, the Archaim says that it's prohibited to kill any animal uh, unless they're, unless they're, they're the, the the point is the shrita. And we've discussed in the past. Uh, um, we, we we gave a class about the recreational hunting in Halacha, right? Uh, the famous uh, response of the Medib Yehuda, Medib Yehuda in section Yerodeah number uh, Madura Tinyana, I think it is, right? Uh, Yerodeah number ten. Uh, the Medib Yehuda was asked a question about Medib um, Yehuda was asked a question. If somebody inherited a forest with animals in it, right? Like if you inherit a national park in uh, in in Africa, whether you can go and uh, and hunt. 
animals were there for recreation? This is the question he was asked. I have a question. Yeah? From Gamora and Balatama. Balmatia. No, I have a question yeah. from. Now, here, you say to the rabbi, says that you're prohibited to kill animals. Right, that's the Rabbi Chaim Well, how does that work in with, for example, an aunt that is muad and has gorgeous. No, that's a separate matter. Obviously, of course. Of course, we're separately right. Definitely separate issue. So the note of you, the answer, he said that I'm surprised. I'm surprised by the question. Only Nimrod and, and, and the like, right, are people who involve themselves in uh, such, uh, as such activities. To go hunting for recreation is not a Jewish thing. He invokes the Gemara and Yavamas on page 79, right? Uh, he says that uh, we're, we're, we're not Nimrod. We're, uh, we're like uh, Avon Yitzhak and Yaakov. This is such a thing. He goes through all the explanations about uh, whether or not... Uh, Right. Uh, once you do it, he says that you know, as far as the law is concerned, uh, it is permissible actually. But he says that uh, it's prohibited from the perspective of the fact that it's not, you know, it's not a Jewish thing to do. It's not a Jewish thing to do. So, so well, why would somebody want to do that? So there's another example in the Bible that says it's prohibited. Again, because uh, this is something that mean, cruel people do go hunting. Right. Um, fine. How can you say it's not against the law to kill an animal? It's a separate discussion itself. It's a, no, against the, te- the technic. You know, it's like I mean, the technicality. The technicality of the law does not prohibit it as long as it's being done for some purpose, whatever. But uh, he say he prohibits it. He says that he wouldn't even answer the question if it wasn't uh, asked by a, a hush of an important rock that, that sent him the letter. So says the uh, says the Rabbi uh, Yosef. So they take this animal in the bullfights. What do they do in the bullfights? They take, they stab it. They stab it before it comes out uh, to, get, to, to get it completely angry. They starve it. They don't give it food to, to take it off further, right? And then they send it out. And then the metador, right, uh, continually stabs it as it goes by until he kills it. Uh, and blood all over the place. And then, uh, you know, I guess in Spain, he cuts off the ear for a souvenir. It's a whole, uh, it's, 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 a, it's a gruesome, it's a gruesome situation. So it says, uh, why you said to go, to, go to, to, to such a thing? First of all, it's not Jewish. Number one. Number two is, number two is, uh, you go, if you pay for the ticket, you take your pesos, you pay for the ticket, so you're misayeli ve'avera. You're you're helping, uh, you're you're supporting an endeavor. Paying for a ticket is supporting an endeavor that is uh, that is an avera that is prohibited by the Torah, right? And you're also uh, attacking yourself. You're a friend to uh, people who are destroyers and, and wasters and uh, doing avera. So therefore, to even to participate to watch in such an endeavor, it, it is prohibited, right? So therefore, it is prohibited to go to uh, to uh, to a bullfight. That's what Rabbi Yosef says, right? Um, fine. So uh, we're left with just one question. Um, we're, just, we're left with just one question, and that is whether it's permissible to go to the zoo, right? Uh, obviously, uh, we have to, I- I- as far as all the things are concerned. Um, for example, uh, dog fighting, uh, as uh, you know, has been become popular in the in the news recently. Dog fighting obviously is prohibited because uh, we don't uh, obviously, if we don't attend the bullfights, we're not going to pour water on a dog and uh, electrocute it when it's useless uh, and do things like this. Um, and whatever other activity uh, uh, one can dream up of uh, that, that uh, puts animals through needless through needless su- suffering would be prohibited. Uh, let me just make a caution before before I continue. We have a few more minutes left, right? Uh, um, 
that it's not because we hold that animals have rights. Right? Animals have no rights at all. They have no rights at all. There's human beings and there's animals. But we hold that it is not right to, it is the human, it is the obligation of people, of a person who has a turas other, a person who has a, a proper, kind, merciful person, not to put anything, not to be cruel to anything or anyone. Not because they have a right that they deserve, that you have to give, you know, you have to treat them with, with rights like other human beings. No, they don't have those rights. They are for the use of uh, human beings for whatever purpose that Hashem put them on, 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 on the planet. But, uh, but that doesn't mean, it's, it's, it, it, from the Jewish perspective, right, it's the obligation that we have not to be cruel. So before you get to this, Dad and I want to know. Is he going to see No. What happens when an animal is, 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 is on its deathbed and is suffering and suffering and suffering and suffering? And 99 out of 100 people wouldn't dream of not taking the animal to the doctor. Or would they, but they call for them to take the baby Right, that's a separate question. That's a separate question. Right, it's a separate discussion. I would say that it's you know, to, 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 to help the animal with its suffering yeah. it would be permissible, but I think you should ask... And most people are not actually doing it themselves. They're bringing it to the doctor and they're basically saying, do what you have to do, you know? I just want to, I want to caution that our discussions are not, uh, you know, our, every situation is different and so therefore our, our discussions are only, only to sensitize us to the ideas. Right, it would seem to be that it's permissible because there is no prohibition of murder when it comes to animals. Right, it's a prohibition of suffering. So, uh, so, so if the animal is suffering, it would it would seem to me that it would be permissible. I'm sure that it's discussed explicitly, and therefore one should ask uh, one should ask the 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 authority that they trust. Okay, so is it permissible to go to the zoo? Uh, clearly speaking, Rabbi Vadya says, says that it is permissible to go to the zoo uh, to see the Niflosa boy, to see the creation, to see the Rabbanshom's creations, and the, 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 the because people naturally are uh, are wowed and wooed by the different uh, different types of uh, animals and birds that Hashem has created, and, and to see them and to appreciate the uh, the, the wisdom and um, the wisdom and um, of Hashem. And he says that there are plenty of people, plenty of gedolim, plenty of uh, rabbis that have visited zoos to see these things, um, to see these things, and uh, therefore it is a mitzvah. Attending a circus, uh, I think he's referring to a circus, uh, sounds like he says that it's prohibited. Uh, so I would say that that needs a little bit further research because he doesn't talk about it extensively, but uh, if one would know that in the particular circus that one attends, that uh, the caretakers are talk of cruel to the animals that they, that they come out, they know that for sure, then it would probably be prohibited to attend that circus uh, if the animals are actually, uh, are actually being put through, uh, through suffering in order to perform. That's, the, uh, that's what I wanted to discuss, and that is, comes out from the theme of our Pasha, right, that the Torah wants, it, it has created, you know, the, the, the Jewish people, in, in, in essence of their character, are merciful and kind people, and uh, the Torah tries to ensure that through various uh, obligations and segula uh, dika or uh, meritorious brachos. A good job.